Hey, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Terms show, we have Dr. Cowan of Phenom High Performance Medicine. Now, over the years, I've struggled with a bunch of different health issues. You'll hear a bit of my story during this podcast, and... Um, Dr. Cowan's really someone who helped me dial in my own health. And the reason that we want to bring people like Dr. Cowan on the Your Life, Your Terms show is this just isn't a real estate show. We really believe in living life on your own terms. And to do that, you need financial ability. You need to have the health to do that. You need to have a whole bunch of different things in place in your life. And we believe if your health is not in place, if your health is not in the place that you want it to be, you really will never be able to live life on truly your own terms. So we're going to mix in a bunch of different things. And a lot of this is a bunch of different professionals both Nick and I use. So Dr. Cowan, we met him probably two or three years ago. He's had a lot of great success with myself. Um, he's a naturopathic doctor out of Burlington, Ontario, but you'll hear his story. He works with a bunch of NHL players, OHL players, a bunch of UFC fighters, basically, uh, you know, A-type personalities of all walks of life he has uh, worked with. And a large part of that is because a bunch of us are pretty good at messing ourselves up. At least I am. Um, so you hear some of the tests I've taken over the years, what I've learned about myself, and he gives some pretty good tips. So um, if you have any feedback on this type of episode, we would love to hear from you. And by the way, thank you for everyone who is giving us reviews on the iTunes store. If you could keep doing that, if you haven't done that yet and you see value in these podcasts, if you could please do so, that's really great feedback for us. So we really appreciate that. And if you have any feedback on this type of episode, you can email it to podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Dot com that'll come to one of us so podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com so we'll we'll get started with Dr. Cowan in a moment if you are listening to this and you want some real estate specific information, the best place for you to go is rockstarinnercircle.com. On that website, we have three different digital books that we give away. One of them is Income for Life. Another one is a, is a, is a summary of a bunch of articles that we've written over the years. And, and the third one, the Your Life, Your Terms book, is a book on different investors we've worked with over the years and them sharing their stories in their own words. This book in particular has done a really good job to help someone convince their spouse or partner to get involved in real estate with them. So if you want to get started with real estate, but you are struggling to convince your spouse or your partner to get involved in it, um, this book more than any other has done that um, for different members and investors that we've worked with. So you can find all these books at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books, plural. You can get digital copies of all those books. So that's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. So with that, Let's, uh, let's join in with our conversation with Dr. Cowan. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we're we're live. So I I wanted to start with just how uh, how I didn't, I forget how we met. Oh, I remember. It was actually one of the Rockstar members here that told me about you for a year, and I completely ignored him for about a year. And then uh, I don't know what it was. I think it was like a health issue. I, I I yeah, I think it was like I was running on fumes, and that's how I went into. I was drinking bulletproof coffee like mad. 
Um, and then I decided I needed to meet you. And I thought I would, I thought my health was pretty good and I was pretty messed up and you fixed me up really good. I think that's how we met. I think it is. Yeah. 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 Something to do with like burnt out energy. Yeah. Just feeling like you could feel better. Or I think you said you, f- you felt better in the past. Yeah. You did the yeah. bulletproof and, and you yeah. doing some fasting and then yeah. you felt like you weren't feeling yeah. as good as before. Yeah. But you were th- confused about and it. And then I did some tests with you and I came back to get the test results and I thought you were going to say, yeah, everything, you're actually perfect, Tom. And uh, you, you asked me, I don't know if you remember this, you said, hey, how are you feeling? And I'm like, yeah, I think pretty good. And you're like, whoa. I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you had yeah. the test results done. Yeah. So um, before we get into that, okay. um, you're not is the proper term a naturopathic doctor? Yes. Uh, you went to school, but do you follow, are you, have you gone, do you follow everything? How does it work? You go to school and then you do exactly what they've taught you in school or every, every naturopathic doctor spins things their own way. How do, how do things work? Well, I think there's quite a variance in how you could practice. So we we're trained like a family doctor is so, and then, you know, you have this option to, you know, specialize in whatever area you want to specialize in. Some some naturopathic doctors are uh, heavily into cancer. Some are into autoimmune diseases. Some are into fertility. All sorts of different things. So um, we want to go into the uh, the high performance area. So how to take people from where they're at and really optimize, maximize how they're feeling, get to peak health, get to peak performance. So uh, we definitely use our base of training and then we have a big functional medicine uh, background and training as well. So after school, um, I did about five years in functional medicine after school. And what's a functional medicine? Like I like I, I know I've read all these books about functional medicine high level. What's functional medicine? In the most simple terms, it's um, using objective lab testing. So saliva, stool, urine, blood testing um, to look at how your body is functioning. So different than conventional testing. So um, a lot of the um, standard medical care you would see here with your family doctor would run conventional standard blood work and diagnostics. And uh, most of our patients, I would say 80, 90% of our patients have very good general blood work, general diagnostics, but then feel crappy. Yeah. So that's where kind of we come in with the functional medicine angle is it helps us under uh, uncover those underlying reasons why they're feeling that way. Um, and then we can pinpoint and make those changes very strategically. Well, and and, and I think around. the general blood work that we get, I mean, I, look, I love Canada, yeah. but the general blood work that we get, I remember from my blood work anyway, you get a kind of almost a Mickey Mouse report that you have to beg to get the report. And it's written in rocket science where you can't understand anything. And it seems like they're not even giving you many details. Like it's not really reporting on all the different things in your blood work that I'm reading in these books that I want to be checking on. And I know it's probably not a good idea to turn yourself into a doctor and try to like look at your own lab results, but it just was frustrating going to your own family doctor to get the stuff. So to find someone like you that will walk me through all the tests I want to get and then interpret the test properly and spend time with me is a huge thing. Um, why, and the whole high performance, like, I know, I don't think we're going to name names, but I know, uh, you work with NHL players, OHL players. I know you work with UFC fighters. This is all, and you work with like a type personality people. You're laughing because it's like, (laughs) so for those of you listening a whole bunch, I go to see Dr. Cowan, obviously, and a whole bunch of people at rockstar, a whole bunch of rockstar members see you. Um, and everyone's an a type personality driven 
For sure. Yeah, we, yeah. T- we tend to attract high performers. So whatever discipline, like a lot of professionals, executives, entrepreneurs, uh, people who really want to uh, maximize whatever area of their life they want to focus on. Some people want to make more money, be, produ- be more productive. Some people are trying to win championships. Um, some We have some world champions we worked with um, from different sports, mainly um, hockey, MMA, boxing, wrestling. Um, those would be the biggest sports we work with, but it doesn't matter the population because our philosophy and our, our system and our, our method is the same. So we're really looking for what are those uh, areas that are limiting you from tapping into that, that peak potential. And there are quite a few limitations. And <laughs> it's kind of funny because the biggest uh, thing we've realized over uh, the years, th- doesn't matter if it's an Olympic athlete or NHL player, UFC fighter or an entrepreneur or an an executive or someone working a nine to five is that they really have no idea how good they could feel. And we really, that's the biggest clear message we've seen um, across the board. You, when you have, you've got me to a play, I was just saying how I I just recently messed myself up a little bit. I'm going to ask you some questions on that, but you have me at a place in the last, I guess maybe year, year and a half or something like that where we went through all the detox and all the hormone testing. I can't even remember everything I've done with you. Dutch level, those that Dutch panel and all this stuff in just a beautiful place. And you do feel better. And what I've noticed about myself is when I'm not feeling like in that high performance mode, I can totally tell now. And uh, it's, uh, so I just want to thank you for that. But how do you want, so just to to give the framework for people, when I went to see you, I was drinking, probably too much. I was having two cups of bulletproof coffee in the morning. So I was grass fed butter, coconut oil, the coffee. And during that phase, I drank that every day for probably two and a half years, two cups in the morning. (laughs) And, uh, what ended up happening to me is, uh, I went really low carb. So I started drinking the bulletproof coffee lost a bunch of weight, really had mental clarity and was feeling good and love it. I still love Bulletproof Coffee, although with your changes, I don't seem to need it anymore. Or Now with your help, I just use it when I when I want to or need to use it. Um, but I think I went too low carb for a while and I had a sore throat for like, I, I remember telling you I had a sore throat for like a year. We were just talking about it and yeah. you got me to get more carb back into my system and that was with like sweet potato and some rice and stuff and it really fixed me up but i want to start at the beginning you had me when i came to see you you had me do you broke it down really nicely can you explain you wanted to look at hormones and then digestion detox yeah so so with our methods we really look at those three big systems because those are the ones that really get impacted the most our modern way of living really kind of wears us down naturally and then when you add the stresses on top of that, it really kind of breaks these systems down. So we look at hormone system, GI system, which is your your digestive system, and your detox system. If we can get those three systems working properly and working together, we can really start to tap in those levels that you've been feeling. In the so last you didn't even want to look at my digestive system, which I wanted to focus on because I thought I might have some digestive issues until my hormones were fixed. And then we, you did that hormone test on me where I had to spit in those little bottles. Is that still the yeah. latest test or yeah. is it different? We use a couple. We use a saliva test to check right. uh, hormone secretion throughout the day. We also use that Dutch test you talked about, which okay. is a dried urine test. Oh, that's right. Um, that's the most comprehensive uh, hormone test there is right now. Right. So we use that one as well. But uh, it's not, it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to start wherever I wanted to start, but it was because the things you were telling me in your assessment um, give us the clue where the entry point is. So not every person will start with hormone and then digestive and then detox. Sometimes we'll start with detox first. 
Yeah. Okay. Got Sometimes, it. I thought it was always the same. Hormones. Yeah. Then detox. You had me do a. You had me do a stool sample test into like a French fry container thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I found out a lot of stuff from that. I found. I was gonna say I found out a lot of shit from that. Too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, anyway, so got it. So it's different for different people. Yeah, so the stool test, for example, will show us what kind of bacteria is in your system, yeah, yeah. what your lining looks like. Mm -hmm. Do you have too many bad bacteria? That's when What's you going? found out my mucus, the mucus lining of my intestinal tract was a little weak or thin or however you describe it. Yeah, yeah it. when you're under a lot of stressors, um, you actually weaken that digestive lining and then you become much more reactive to foods. So you start, you're eating food, you're getting bloated, you feel terrible, you feel heavy, you feel off, you're falling asleep after a meal. And a lot of that's coming from maybe the food you're taking in but the other 50 percent that could be coming from a weakened gut which yeah, is extremely it. common which right? was huge then we then you worked on that with me changed a lot for me made me feel so much better so um i just want to start at the hormone test because that was my first step you discovered my adrenal glands were basically um exhausted or yeah. beat up or i had killed them yeah. is that what like they were bad yeah, yeah. no was They're, it my cortisol levels were just low yeah, you're on overdrive, right? So without knowing it, like the bulletproof coffee and the fasting has a lot of benefits. But the other side of it is that if you're already putting stress on that system and your adrenal glands pump out cortisol. So if you're running around all day, busy, using your brain a lot, um, financial stressors, mental, emotional stressors, skipping meals, staying and then up going late, to the gym too, pushing yourself in the gym, training really hard. Like a lot of our athletes are, um, you'll cause the adrenal glands to keep pumping all the time. You didn't say I was training hard. You kind of said, yeah, the athletes yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you always yeah, are yeah. humble about I'm your joking, training. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. But okay. Um, got it. So, so, so then the coffee puts, um, extra stress on that. So it's kind of like your foot's already on the gas pedal just by your daily routine. And all of us have enough things going on in, in our modern life. And then the coffee just really keeps the foot on the pedal, but there's no output. So then cortisol starts to drop. So when cortisol drops, energy goes. So you described, described it like my adrenal glands were like a muscle. I think I remember yes. you describing it and you were kind of clenching your fist yeah. and it was like fully clenched and it could clench no more. So it couldn't produce any of the hormones that I needed to be produced. Is that yeah. kind of one way to think of it? Yeah, like a gland is a muscle uh, at, its, at its origin, right? So it's almost like asking you to do a thousand bicep curls. Yeah, got right? it. at a certain point in time you can't do it you could probably do 900 yourself but yeah when you course, get when yeah. you get deeper into that, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's harder to keep up with that demand right so no matter how much you want to do it you can't keep up with that so um we use coffee a lot for our athletes and, and high performers once we've restored all those things then we can use all the benefits of the coffee which has, which tremendous, has been great yeah, yeah. tremendous yeah. benefits but until you restore that the coffee is actually um giving you a, a false sense of energy because it'll it'll work for a period of time and then as it comes out of your system, you're right back to normal again. And then, you know, most people really are relying on that to start their day. You know, and so with me, what, what did you, to fix up my specific situation, which was low cortisol levels almost throughout the entire day, yeah. we went to no coffee. Um, I forget what else I think. I can't remember if we did a food intolerance test by then or no, I don't even think we did food intolerance at that point, but it was no coffee. And I forget, Oh yeah. A whole bunch of other stuff you, uh, uh prescribed to me. Um, for like 30 days or yeah. 60 day window, basically like an adrenal reset almost of some sort. Yeah, so we, you came off the coffee for 30 days just to kind of take your foot off the gas pedal and then we were restoring adrenal function. So giving your body the nutrients, specific nutrients it needs to um, restore those glands and kind of nourish them and allow them to start working again. Um, that was painful coming off. The, I remember the first couple of weeks it was a little painful coming off that yeah. coffee. But then as soon as you get it out of your system, 
um, energy comes back up without any coffee and people are always shocked. Totally. I remember but, in the morning, my eyes pop. Remember me telling yeah, yeah. you my eyes were popping open like I was, I could jump out of yeah, bed. Yeah. It was amazing. And that's how it should be working, right? Totally. So as the sun comes up, you should have a surge in cortisol. So your, our eyes read the sunlight triggers our pituitary gland to, to trigger their adrenal glands to pump out cortisol and that wakes you up that gets your brain on turns your brain on and then your energy should stay high throughout the whole day no dips in the afternoon between two and five That's something else you fix for me no dips whatsoever yeah it should stay strong the whole day and as the sun goes down cortisol drops and then your sleep hormones can kick in so that circadian rhythm that rhythm of cortisol and then melatonin is huge like um that rhythm drives about 90 percent of our processes in our body and how many people have that dysregulation there where they can't get out of bed in the morning so they're taking or they can't fall asleep can't fall asleep or they're so they're crashing through the day and then they're not dropping off enough when the sun goes down so sleep hormones aren't kicking in so you're not getting that deep regenerative regenerative restorative sleep that's essential for recovery and immune function and metabolism and weight loss all those things aren't kicking in so then you're kind of really getting the best out of the worst of both worlds so now you have me on coffee today, just so everyone knows, now you have me on coffee about every other day. And sometimes I don't even have it every other. Yeah. I kind of went off coffee for like a year entirely. Yeah. Like after you fixed me up, I didn't have coffee for about a but year. But great energy. Great energy. Yeah. No need for yeah. it whatsoever. And now I'm kind of monkeying around with it. And you know what happened? I just, I think I was out with a few people having coffee and I was explaining to you, I just love the way the coffee smells. Like yeah. I love the coffee smells. Yeah. I love the sound of grinding the coffee beans. Yeah. I love coffee. Yeah, it's comforting. I love it. <laughs> so I started yeah. having it again, but yeah. now it's like every other day or every third day. Yeah. But what happens if I went back to it every day, what would happen to me now? Like if I said, okay, Dr. Cowan, you know what? Screw you. I'm yeah. having coffee every day. What, what, what? Uh, it would take a while to wear back out again. Um, also, too, you're having more carbs now, which will help keep your body sort yeah. of supported. Okay. Um, and you're having good carbs, and you're also having breakfast now. So you have more, we have more support blocks in place, so you wouldn't kind of wear down like you would before. But if you did it every day, you went back to not eating any any breakfast or no food all morning again, you really tax that system, you would revert back over time, you know, months probably six months to a year you okay. could wear you could wear it back down. and then so why why did i have a sore throat for about a year before meeting you and then when you told me to introduce more carb back into my diet because i had lost a lot of weight um let me just back up for a second so everybody has some context here till i was about 39 i never went to the gym and i didn't eat properly i would say at all i don't think i ate poorly like i wasn't down in cans of coke or anything every day you know like i, I think i ate okay but my wife has like this container of chocolate chips that she uses for baking and i would just put my hand in it and scoop it and just start shoveling them all into my mouth you know like yeah. and i remember eating for a, a couple years i would go to longos and buy a chocolate cake every friday and i eat half the cake <laughs> and uh the cashiers would say hey whose birthday is it and i'm like oh no it's no one's birthday it's friday it's friday celebration <laughs> it's friday. friday i'd go home and eat half the cake and hey, you left that part out in your intake when we went through that stuff. Yeah, did I not hear, share yeah, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, no. And I got up to like uh I guess about 210 pounds when I was about 39 and then Nick and I were in one of our rental properties talking to a tenant and I was sitting on their couch and my stomach started experiencing such massive pains. I started squirming on their couch to not like show that I was in massive pain. Nick drove me home. I was complaining about the pain. When I got into my house, the pain reached such a level that my wife had to drive me to the emergency room in Oakville. And when I got there during the intake, they said, hey, what's the pain on a scale of one to 10? And I had tears coming from my eyes and I was telling them 10. And they gave me some heavy, have I, have I? No, oh, I didn't hear about I that. gave you uh, I totally lied on my intake form. Perfect health. Yeah. What's, there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, I, uh, I, um, they gave me some 
I don't know what painkiller they gave me, Tylenol 3s or something. Then they did all kinds of blood work on me. They had me come back the next day to do ultrasounds, couldn't find anything on me. Then I went away for two or three days. Then it came back again. Carol rushed me to the emergency room again, couldn't find anything on me. Then it happened again. She rushed me to emergency again. They did, uh, I think they did um, a number of... uh, additional ultrasounds on me and uh, the doctor came in at this point and he he he, they they asked me the strangest questions they carol was right there and you know that little sheet that you can pull around to give some privacy yeah they pulled that around me and the doctor and carol was on the other side of it and he asked me he said hey look you know what do you think there's any chance you have some kind of like sexually transmitted disease have you been like sleeping around did i have not told you this yeah this is what this doctor asked me and I'm like, first of all, the answer is no. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't. I had not. Yeah. And um, and Carol is on the other side. My wife. I don't know if you know these sheets aren't soundproof. Yeah, yeah. My wife's right there. So if your idea that this was yeah, going to yeah. be like a private conversation, yeah, yeah. so I was just I was so upset that oh, like they just couldn't they they couldn't find anything. I was experiencing major problems, and they were just kind of pointing the finger back at me like I had not shared the you know the story with them or I was missing something. And it was Nick thankfully who said tom I, th- I just think you should start going to the gym and i started going to the gym and i uh i met a great cha- trainer at the gym we still go to uh radix in oakville that specific trainer rachel is still there she introduced me to some health books and i read the primal blueprint you know that book yeah, the yeah. primal blueprint yeah. and it basically said uh you know dump bread or dump most grains um eat like protein and fats and this kind of stuff and clean up your diet and I went to the gym and I cleaned up my diet and everything went away within about two or three months the pains completely went away Um, and that really fixed me up and I dropped from 210 pounds to probably about 190 pounds and I started going to the gym then I discovered bulletproof coffee and then the next two and a half years I just drank bulletproof coffee every day I thought I hit the gold mine with that and then I ran myself into the ground because I was drinking it for so much um, and not eating enough carbs, I think, to match my physical output at the gym, yep. that I had this sore throat. It's almost like too low carb was like the, uh, my throat was just dry for like a year. Um, and then you, uh, after going through the test with you, first the hormonal test, and then I think after that you said, okay, now we're going to do your digestive stuff. I think we did food intolerance testing maybe at that point. Um. Yeah, we did the food intolerance testing to see what reactive foods you were having at that point in time. Yeah. And then we pulled those foods out to drop your inflammatory levels and then reset the gut. So basically fix it up. Yeah, and then that's when you told me to start eating more carb- carbohydrate yeah. as well. And within about, I want to say a week or two weeks of doing that, my sore throat went away. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Well, you had so much stress on your body, right? So pulling out the carbs completely is another stress on the system. So if you can't tolerate that and you're already taxing it too much... You need to put the carbs back in. Mind you, we put good carbs in. You know, there's a difference, right? Obviously, between what kind of carbs you're putting yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But you put good carbs in. And then also, too, it's just, uh, you know, we already have so many stresses on our system. So, and we're continually being, adding more, you know, pulling out the carbs, too much coffee, skipping meals, too much sugar, all these things. Throws off your gut bacteria as well. Throws off uh, how your gut's working. All those things are connected. That's why we look at those three systems. Because they're really tightly connected. If you have issues in one, you're gonna have issues in the other one eventually. So when you, how does it work? Like you know, when we first did the food intolerance, I had way more food, foods that I was intolerant to than uh, was it a year later we ran it or whenever we ran it again, and it was like much less. Like now I feel like I can eat. I don't know if you remember one of mine was spinach. 
Yeah. And I remember you saying, Tom, you're probably going to want to eat spinach again in your life. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I couldn't eat spinach because whenever I did, I would have to run to the bathroom. Like I would have an instant, like kind of loose bowel movement. Yeah. Um, not instant, but 30 minutes, like almost, you know, pretty quick. Um, but you fixed all that up and we re-ran the um, food intolerance again. It got a lot less. Like what's going on there? That's my intestinal, mem- that's the membrane of my intestine that's just kind of loose did i did yeah. i have do i have leaky gut did i have leaky well gut? the thing is the way that we're living it in north america most of us have some degree of leaky gut like just based what do you on mean the way we're living just our diet just the, our diet our lifestyle just fast paced hectic financial stressors mental emotional stressors work stressors just we're such a hectic pace you're just constantly wearing those things down right um so the reason why you had less food reactions on the second time is because we went and restored that gut lining. Remember I was, I was saying like, if your uh, hormones are burnt out and stressed out, you weaken that lining. So we have a, a 25 foot long intestinal tract that has a lining on it. That's only one cell thick, like a mucous membrane, the same membrane that's in your nose and inside of your mouth. Right? So when you're under a lot of stress, that lining gets thinned out and now foods can react to that uh, tissue very easily. It's almost like if you had um, like a canker sore inside of your uh, cheek, right? And that membrane is broken in that area. That thing's going to keep getting irritated every time you put food on that, right? right. Even good food. Even anything, yeah. So, well, even good foods will react to it, right? But once you heal that canker up and that tissue goes back to normal and that lining is there to protect it, then you can put food on there's no reaction. So is the only way you know, like how, it's this, how would someone know if they have like leaky gut or... They have something like that. The only way to know is what? Doing what? Food intolerance tests to see how many food intolerances you have? The food intolerance will help us because it'll give us um, some indication of what kind of foods you're reacting for. So when you th- see things like spinach on there that are non-reactive by sign. nature. Yeah, some of those things are a sign. If you have a number of things on there that are pretty um, kind of hypoallergenic foods and they're reacting with you, that's a sign that there's something weakened there, right? So... We, once we fix that lining and, and replenish that, putting those foods in, they don't show up on there anymore. No. Right? Yeah. So um, I think the last two left on my personal one that are high are like peanuts and one other thing. There's only two. It went down from like, I feel like 30. Yeah. I forget what the count was to two. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be more true reactions for you. So with a healed gut and everything working properly, those things are still giving you a reaction. So your body doesn't like that. Your immune system doesn't like those. For whatever reason. And I've noticed if ever I have peanuts kind of, you know, in the evening or whatever before bed, now I track my um, heart rate variability. That's something else we can laugh about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) My heart rate variability. Um, It's a mess the next day. Yeah. And I guess that's my nervous system just kind of freaking out on... Yeah, but your immune system's on overdrive. So what people don't realize too is your immune system is lining that whole 25-foot intestinal tract. Outside of that tube is all your immune cells. You know, 80% of your immune system is sitting right there. So when you're having those reactions, um, you're basically, like if you have peanuts now, your immune system has to flag that peanut particle, go and attack it and and take it out because it thinks it's a pathogen. It thinks it shouldn't be in there. So when that's happening, it sets off that inflammatory cascade, and that's what is going to raise your heart rate and you know elevate things that shouldn't be. So elevated. when you hear inflammatory cascade, what is that? You know how people talk about inflammation? That's just your body not being in a relaxed state. Like, what's a simple way to understand the inflammatory? Um, so, like, let's say you fell and cut your hand, yeah. you scraped your hand, right? So that reaction would signal your body to bring all the uh, healing nutrients to that area and heal up that area. So the first thing that would happen is the inflammatory um, message would go off. 
it's kind of like an alert system. It says, come here, we got to fix this area. So that brings certain molecules there to help heal up that tissue. So if you're eating bad foods, you're just constantly in this kind of survival infl- inflammatory mode yeah. where your body's just constantly responding to madness. Yeah. And eventually it becomes like a, an accumulation, like an overwhelming of that system. And that's really the basis for a lot of autoimmune diseases. So autoimmune conditions are, are extremely common, getting more common. What's an example of an autoimmune condition? Um, like th- like a thyroid issue, like um, Hashimoto's disease, okay. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. rheumatoid arthritis. Um, there are different, uh, different ways that 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 immune system will ta- attack different systems. But the point is, if your immune system's on overdrive by taking in all those foods all the time, it's already uh, ready to boil over, right? So smaller issues over time will boil that set over. Set it off. Set it off, and then all of a sudden you've got that attacking your thyroid, or you've got it attacking your joints, or you've got it attacking different areas, right? So inflammation, this is why inflammation is linked to all chronic diseases. But mm-hmm. the base of inflammation people don't think about is really in your gut. In your gut. Right? So systemic inflammation is starting here. And then without knowing what you're doing and just kind of going along and doing the same things, you can cause those things to trigger into more serious issues. So you had me change my diet. Carb was the big one in the, with the uh, adding it back in. Um, and then we took out a whole bunch of foods for a little while. And then I think it was the stool test or something that you had. I didn't... Uh, I didn't eat sugar and white rice for like 30 days. That was horrible. That was horrible. I don't know what what that was. What was that? What did we do? (laughs) So we do a stool test, which is a complete digestive analysis. So we can see what that lining's like. So that's how we can that's tell. That's the most ridiculous test out of them all, by the way. Yeah. Those um, French fry trays are hilarious. <laughs> and we've done all the tests on ourselves too. So it's, it's kind of funny to hear. With this. a little fork. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That so was it, hilarious. I played a joke on my kids. I told my kids that whole time I was taking the test because like three or four days. I'm yeah, like, yeah. guys, there's chocolate ice cream in the freezer. Oh, don't make a mistake. I'll oh, take the wrong. Anyway, we, sorry. Had, too much detail. We've had some people who uh, <laughs> don't want to handle it and have the, their spouse handle the, the No sandwich. way. Yeah, yeah, we've had that. Oh man. But uh, it gives us so much good information because it shows you what that lining is like for you like how thick that lining is if it's if it's thinned out if it's where it should be um okay so that's where we found that yeah so the food the food intolerances will give us sort of a clue like if we start seeing we check 120 foods on average is, is kind of our standard test we have a 200 food as well but if you start seeing 50 60 yeah things on there and a lot of them that shouldn't be on there that are not reactive foods not inflammatory foods um, then we know there's something going on. So we may address it right there with just pulling out those foods and resetting the gut, rebuilding it, which we can do you know, systematically. If not, we might look at the complete stool to see what else is going on. So we ended up doing that with you too because you had some concerns, I think, with candida in the past or something in the yeah. past, I think you said. Yeah, I did. I can't remember all the details yeah. now. I can't even remember all of it either. Yeah. It's been so much. Yeah, you've been, and, I've done, um, I think I've almost done everything. Yeah, so we've worked through things sort of strategically with you over mm-hmm. time and um, targeting those specific issues. Okay, so there was that. Um, and then after we did some digestive work on me, you helped me with some detox work. I don't know if that's when we did that Dutch panel test, which I know is a standard stuff. Um, no, we probably did. I can't remember the sequence of all the things, yeah. but I remember around what time, when did you do something else that was really cool where you took my DNA that was re- okay. that's more recently. You yeah. took my DNA and you mapped it against what? And then you basically were able to tell me what supplements are exactly designed to help me. Remember that, that, yes. that whole yeah. process? Yeah, so just recently we started doing some more genetic work. So um, there's been a ton of advancements in genetics, first of all. So they've identified different genes that 
um, have clinical relevance. So a lot of the genes, you know, that code for eye color and hair color and heritage and things like that, cultural background are, are cool to know about, but they don't help us much as, as clinicians in terms of giving you specific guidance. But latest, uh, the latest uh, updates in genetics in the last six to nine months, uh, they've established a lot of the genes that really have impact on metabolism, impact on detox, neurotransmitters, um, even vitamin mineral deficiencies that you may have sort of built into your your DNA. So we're excited about that because now it gives us sort of a, a base of where someone's at genetically. And then we can see their functional tests that will run like the, the stool, blood, saliva, urine tests to see what's happening in their in their body present day, like a snapshot in time. It's kind of like plugging your car into diagnostics. The functional testing will show us what's going on in their present day. And then genetics will show us, you know, what your vehicle is, what parts are in the vehicle and what it's designed to do. Got it. Because what, what parts I have in my vehicle and what I'm designed to do based on my DNA might not be exactly how in my environment I'm um, reacting you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I'm if I'm designed to be a certain way, my environment can impact me a little bit, right? Yes. Like if I'm downing the coffee and on overdrive all the time, it doesn't matter really what my how am I going to say this? Or I guess my DNA just predisposes me to certain conditions based on my environment. Is yes. this the world of epigenetics? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So epigenetics epigenetics means you can alter your gene expression. So if you have a, a gene that's designed to, you know code for poor metabolism or, or weight gain, you can do things and change your lifestyle and exercise routine to then to alter not, what that, yeah, to not just give in to be like, well, I'm overweight because this says this, you can alter what you're doing to alter the expression of that gene. Right. So that helps us too, because it gives us sort of some deeper underlying info. If you're going to have metabolic issues, we're probably gonna have to pay more attention to it. And maybe you have a lot of good uh, lifestyle techniques now and you have your, everything's going perfectly, but what happens, you know, five years from now and maybe some, you get injured or something happens, you can't work out for five years and you have all these uh, poor metabolic genes. And what's a metabolic issue? So like, example. Weight, so weight gain, diabetes, poor blood sugar control, things like that, that we can then use that data or that information we have on From you. my DNA. Yeah, to then say, well, we want to be, with Tom, we want to be a little more specific with um, controlling, you know, portions and what he's taking in and some of the um, appetite and fullness hormones. We want to start tapping into how to use those to prevent you from gaining weight and being overweight or to slim down. Because I think one of the ones you found on me actually is I don't feel, I have that gene where you don't really feel full. Yes. Or you can just keep eating. And I definitely have that. Or I can just keep eating. Yeah. Like I don't really hit like a, a fullness. Like yeah. there's no meter or alarm bell that says you're full. Yeah. I can just keep going and going. And you gave me a tip on that just to say, I forget what it was. Start with protein or have protein and fat. Eat the carb later in the meal. I, I yeah. That's kind of the system. I That's how I remember you saying it. I don't know if that was accurate for me. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, just to kind of counterbalance that a little bit. Yeah. And so there's different techni techniques you can use to kind of override that, right? So if you have your protein first, it'll switch on those fullness hormones a little bit earlier versus if you had, let's say you went to the keg and you had the, the bread first mm -hmm. and yeah, you have and that FCOG. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is blood sugar will rise, insulin will rise. And as insulin rises, it makes you want more of that bread. So then that meal is going to be, you're going to eat forever and you won't, you know, just keep eating poor stuff, right? Whereas if you had the steak first, for example, then you'd get full, turn on those fullness hormones and you wouldn't, 
you know, have a need to have the other stuff and you can leave there feeling satisfied and not overdoing it. What I like about that test is like the first time in my life where I felt like, oh my gosh, it is like I'm getting an oil change report on myself because you're like, you have these genes, therefore you should take these supplements because these are what we need to supplement for. And we know based on your genes. Yeah. Like I felt that was fascinating. Yeah, Am I the only one freaking out on that? Yeah, no, it's really when we when we really um, got like introduced to it. This is brand new, no? Yeah, it is brand new. Yeah, well, the the genetic stuff has been there for a while. Like sure, probably, yeah, probably ten yeah. or twenty years. They've been diving into epigenetics, but as of but recently, this ability to match it. Yeah, that recently they've been able to take your raw genetic code and then and then get it interpreted and pull out the genes that really are involved in those specific things. So. Um, like for example, vitamin D conversion or omega three conversion, vitamin A conversion, B twelve conversion, folate, things like that. Um, it's also being used in the U.S. as a screening tool as well, for, especially for the folic acid for pregnancy and fertility. Um, oh, really? They're yeah. doing it to see if you have a, you know, if you're predisposed to not uh, having good folic yeah. wow. uh, folic acid levels, right? Um, but having that info gives us kind of both sides of the coin now, so we know what your presets are. And a lot of those things too that are on your genetic profile, you may be overriding naturally already. Like you're, you have a pretty good lifestyle, mm-hmm. eating good quality food, exercising often. So just because things are on there doesn't mean we necessarily have to tackle everything now. Um, but the things that you are showing symptomatically now that also correspond to uh, your genetic profile, then we can address those and, and give you some easy strategies to, to tackle those. I find this completely fascinating. So, yeah. and, and because if I if I can alter some of that stuff now, twenty years from now, I might be better off for it for by sure. just taking some basic steps now. For sure. So, um, so we did that. We talked about like the hormone stuff, digestive, some detox, some of this DNA kind of mapping stuff. You know what was kind of interesting for me when I first met you? I wanted all the answers on day one. Yeah. And that's, I think, the most frustrating thing about working with somebody like you <laughs> is that it doesn't, it takes time. Like, it's like a process that you don't want to go through. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't want to hear, I don't know if you know this, but when you first told me it's going to take about three months, maybe yeah. six months to kind of get some of the results, I was kind of like frustrated by that because, you know, maybe A type personality, I just want yeah, the yeah. answers right <laughs> now. But um, I'm so thankful I went through this process and, and I continue to see you and m- go through this with you. Um, because it did for me take about six months to nine months to really start dialing things in. But thankfully, I stayed yeah. with this because my, the feeling I have had about just my own nutrition, just my own state of being yeah. and my performance has really changed during that time. So Yeah, even on a basic level, like energy levels, for example. Yeah. Like if you don't have energy levels. The morning energy, just just getting up in the morning. Yeah. For, for sure that and like being productive in the morning and most people don't um, have their system working properly where they actually don't kick in till you know 11 12 1 p.m right so the amount of productivity you have goes down and in the world that you guys are in in the real estate world you want to be sharp and energized and be making quick decisions and good moves and being productive with your time i just want to be like that in life in life in general yeah. right but if you don't have energy levels there that's like a basic thing so we really kind of dial that in right away because if we can get your energy levels back, all of a sudden you have the motivation to go and do different things. You want to work out more, you can do it. You want to take on something else. Like it's very common for us to hear with our patients that, you know, after a few months, they're now uh, taking another position or they've started another project on the side or, very cool. or 
you know, taken on more challenges or, or mm-hmm. are doing CrossFit competitions now and now they want to do this and that. And it's, you know, we see that a lot and it's, it's very empowering for people. But the first step is to get the ball rolling and, you know, oftentimes it's getting energy levels going. And really when we're being so specific with our stuff we're targeting, you know, I know you said it takes about three months for our hormone uh, plans to really get yeah. to full potential, but along the way to full potential, you're feeling better that whole way. Totally. So like you're going, yeah, yeah. you're climbing the ladder. So I just um, wanted the pill though. Yeah. Give me pill. Yeah. Make yeah. me better tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Which most people want. And, and, you know, we've been over time kind of fine tuning our processes and our methods to make that as most efficient as possible. Like our initial treatment plans were about nine months to 12 months. Oh, were they? Now okay. ours are like three months. We yeah, can turn around. It. We can turn around and reset your circadian and rhythm. Get your cortisol firing. Get energy what levels. What are some going. examples of sleep? Good. I know one. I, I believe it was one of our uh, one of our rock star members. I think might have referred someone to you that had a, uh, a a kid or a child. I don't know what age they were that was maybe having some digestive issues, and you were able to do a food intolerance. Like sometimes, do people just need the basics? Like yeah. do a food intolerance test, avoid these foods, and they feel like almost 100% better? Yeah. Like, can it sure. be that basic? I know I'm sure. pretty anal and I went through like all this stuff, yeah. but sometimes it could just be that, right? Yeah, like you wanted to know some more information about yourself too. I think you had a, a bit more of a multi-system case. Like mm-hmm. you had some detox stuff going, you mm-hmm. had some gut stuff, you had some hormone stuff. So we had to kind of go into each one of those. But for a lot of our patients, we're able to turn around like one system's out of, out of balance. We'll go in and correct that one quickly. And that's why we are really lab test based because when we're selecting the right specific test for you, we have about 15 you know, functional tests we'll run. But I think we do a really good job. We have four doctors on staff on our at our clinic and we spend a lot of time figuring out what the entry point is for that particular person. Got it. So we're really, we're really meeting you where you're at. So if we see enough signs there, we sort of have a, a running checklist in our head of things that we want to target based on what you're saying and what your intake forms say. And then when we get a little more information, sometimes it might be as easy as we're going to run this food sensitivity blood test, pull out these foods, reset your gut, and you're on your way and we'll see you in six months. Yeah. Right. We've had a lot of those cases. Um, some of the younger, some of the kids... Uh, haven't been around long enough to wear out all the other systems. They haven't destroyed themselves yet. Yeah, so, so we can fix them pretty quickly and turn things around. Um, so, but I think meeting people where they're at is the biggest thing, and I think that's where we're very adaptive. So someone like yourself is more advanced. You know about intermittent fasting. You know about Bulletproof Coffee. You know, you're pretty up on a lot of the epigenetics and things like that. Um, you're doing a lot of things already to help those. So um, we have to dig a little deeper for two different areas to, to correct it. What are you doing with some of your athletes? Are you just cherry picking? Like you're just taking them from like 90% efficiency in their body and how they're feeling to 100% or some athletes really performing at a high level, but only operating at 50% capacity. Like are you just operating around the fringes with some elite athletes? Um, not really. Like, I mean, over time we will. Like once we can correct the basics, those three systems are really working properly. Then we can start fine tuning and really uh, fine tune performance on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Like they're eating specific things. We found out their specific times a perfect, day. Yeah. Bringing perf- coffee in at a certain time. That's right. You know, perfect, perfect setup for everything. And then fine tuning that and finding that individual kind of playbook for each individual. Like each one of our athletes, we have sort of a, a playbook for them as an individual. Mm-hmm. So they're, cool. even if they play on the same NHL team, they may have different things they're doing. Yeah, throughout it. the day yeah, based sure. on them right so with the athletes you'd be surprised i would say most of our athletes we work with you know probably hundreds of pro athletes now um they're definitely not operating at 
at those peak levels. So they're just gifted and you're taking them to operating at the peak level. Yeah. Like even from them, like uh, the biggest feedback we get them is from them is, wow, I didn't realize how much how better I could feels. be doing. Meanwhile, they when you feel good, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a different game. Yeah. And a lot of them. So one of our basic intake intake questions is, you know, an overall score. How do you feel at a 10? Just to get a rough idea of how you feel on a day to day basis. A lot of people will say, you know, a lot of our athletes will say, there's nothing wrong with me. I feel yeah. eight, eight out of 10, 10, nine out of yeah, 10, yeah, nine yeah. Out totally. 10, right? That's how, yeah, yeah. And then we'll dig a little deeper just because I know the nature of their training. I know what specific sport they do, what, how they're, how they're kind of conducting their life. We'll I'll check certain areas with them. So I have an idea now based on the sport you know, what kind of things are going to be broken down? Cause they won't necessarily t- come and say that they won't well, you say. also don't know. Like if I, when I, and when I first, w- enro- you know, enrolled with you and did that intake form, I probably circled eight out of 10, but now looking back at that eight out of 10, that eight out of 10 is very different than the eight out of 10. I would have circled today. That's right. Yeah. So what they'll say after is after we go and correct things, you know, four weeks in, they'll say, you know, I think I was eight out of 20. Mm-hmm. Really? I should have been agreed. eight out of 20. Yeah, <laughs> right. But because we're so adaptive as humans, and I think the more of a high performer you are, the more adaptive you, you just are. just get around it. Like I've seen some of our pro athletes and even some of the UFC uh, fighters operating, you know, at 30, 40% of their potential. But guess what? They don't miss a training session. Yeah, they never it. back out of a fight. They never yeah, miss yeah. anything. They're keep chugging they're just, along. Just, they're just grinders, they're man. Grinders. And they're just going to work it out. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you're mentally tough and you're motivated, you're it. ambitious, doesn't matter what's going on. You're not going to miss a session. You're going to keep mm-hmm. going. You're going to train harder. And a lot of times. So there, these, some of these guys are coming back to you and going, wow, I guess, like after you made some tweaks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happens oftentimes is we'll work with one um, athlete from like, let's say an NHL player from a gym or. Yeah. And then you're getting the whole gym. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like just this morning on the way here, I had one of our, our fighters. Um, he's been with me for four weeks. His teammate now is like, okay, I've seen this guy in the gym sparring and I've been training now with him for I five wanna, years. Yeah. What's, what have you done? And to him? he's been the same. And all of a sudden he's peaking and he's getting the best of me. I need to do that, you know? So we see that happening a lot too. With what you've done with me, do you think I could still be an NHL player or is it too late? <laughs> okay. Maybe no, able to fill in. Yeah. Maybe an enforcer. <laughs> you know when they need the third backup goalie yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. or like the backup gets yeah. injured and they're scrambling for some high school gym guy, yeah. uh, goalie to fill in. I could be that guy. But um, yeah, that's, that's super cool. Okay. So you're doing that. And then it's the same with the A type personality executives or just the driven individual who wants to perform better. They don't just like, that was kind of maybe my category where I just wanted to perform better and I didn't know what was wrong, but I was looking for some kind of help. Yeah. So So even with our executives too, once we can get things working properly, um, we have sort of very targeted playbooks for them. So let's say you have, you're in meetings for six hours a day and you need to be sharp for those meetings. We'll tailor things to make sure that you're very effective in those meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The the biggest thing you did for me was a seasonal thing. I told you that from January 1st till about end of February is always a busy time for us. And I was getting sick. I think maybe every other year on antibiotics even like catching something that got me my kids got something and then it came to me but always during about february when we're always nick and i are super swamped in january february it's probably our busiest months and about two years ago i said to you um this is the busy time and we were already working together and you put me on a couple things a couple extra supplements 
And not only last winter did I not get sick, it was the first winter and I don't know how long I didn't get sick. I didn't get sick at all. And I felt great right through that. So you tweaked me, even though I'm not like a pro athlete, I was able to say, this is like my fight camp. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like these are like my fight camp months and I really need some specific supplementation. And that was literally the first winter in years where my whole family got sick. Excuse me. I did not get sick and I felt great the whole time. Yeah. Just on going through this process. That's been the biggest thing yeah. in, in, in going through this with you. And because you don't realize how much time you lose in life by being sick too. So just the downtime. The downtime and also like that's why a lot of the companies we work with too because uh, people are missing you know sick days all the time and also mental health days anxiety depression days you know that's on the rise right but think back to um, yeah is it anxiety days i hear more and more about yeah stress days and things like that but and looking at you too and you've been with me for probably over three years now i'd say i feel like a little bit like that yeah yeah so you know i'll see you once a month or once every few months but we'll look at specific aspects but remember the the gut stuff with your immune system so repairing that dropping the food sensitivities repairing that lining your immune system is uh less engaged all the time so it's not going to topple over and you're not going to get sick as soon as you get stressed. Right? So it's stronger so when, when I need it. Stronger when you need it, right? So, and that's important for our athletes too. But, um, you know, tailoring those things around when people need it the most is really essential. Okay. Right. What are some of the misconceptions around food that people have? Like, have we all gone too far on this fat thing now? Because for about five, until about five years ago, fat was bad, yeah. you know, and then... Um, I just destroyed a whole bunch of books on like eating and it convinced me that I could eat fat again. And I ate so much butter in a period of two years, I convinced myself I don't get fat on butter. <laughs> like I can eat as much butter as I want. But like, have we all gone too far to the like fat is good thing? Because I think I was probably in that place where I went from, oh my gosh, bread is bad. So I'm going to drop all this stuff. I'm just going to eat like protein and fat coconut oils and butters and avocados and this kind of stuff. Um, Has the world gone too far to like, I'm just going to eat fat and my life is great and I'm going to generate ketones for energy and, you know, everything's good. Or uh, what are you seeing? Uh, Well, I think, you know, there are people who are doing that. But again, it's so much on individual basis. And there was a big study released a few years ago on 800 people. And they tested, I think it was 45,000 meals they did with them over the course of, I believe it was a year. And the conclusion was that people responded differently to the yeah. meals. And so that's ultimately meals. it, right? So so yeah, we, yeah. we have some people who are on 60, 70, 80% fat diets and are feeling great and thriving. We have other people who are on higher carb diets, 50, 60% Percent carb, carb diet. And feeling great. And that's feeling the great. bottom line. We're all different. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, and, and it really is. And, and based on that study too, it became so clear that, you know, like for example, some people reacted poorly to um, some of the good carbs that we all know of, like, huh. you know, like uh, sweet potato, brown rice, kind of sweet brown potato, rice. things like that. They had trouble regulating their blood glucose after that. Meanwhile, those same people may have had a good response to white rice or um, bread or some of those things that you may think that are, you know, a big avoid area and they did well there. So I think individualizing it and part of that um, is the reason, you know, part of that, the the reason we do our um, blood testing for the food reactivities, it helps give us more information on what things are working for you and what aren't. Right. So we can cater it to them a little bit more. But um, yeah, I don't think. Uh, going to zero carbs for sure isn't effective if you're already taxing your body a lot 
because that's another stress on it. Yeah, lesson learned on that yeah. one. Yeah, whereas the fats, taking the I fats. I don't think I was going like zero carb because you're, you're yeah. going to get carb in all food. Well, not all foods, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Vegetables are going to have carb. Different vegetables are going to have carb levels yeah. and stuff. But I know you're you're saying low, like super low carb. Yeah, like if you're burning out and you feel like you're just Which trying I was. to get through your days Which, yeah. and you go to zero carbs yeah. and you go into zero food, zero breakfast, um, you're just adding more stresses yeah. to your body, right? And... Um, Okay, so case by case, everybody's unique. Our DNA is unique. Our digestive tract's unique. Everything's unique. Yeah. And is it, okay, so another thing I want to ask you. My son, when he was born, had a runny nose for about five years. We finally, we couldn't figure it out. Just clear, kind of runny nose. Um, have I told you this? No. Um, he had about five years. Around when he was five or six, maybe it was six years, we took him to the doctor out of desperation again for the 10th time. And they, this particular doctor said, um, you know, I think it was an allergist or something. I forget. Um, they said, you're going to have to put him on allergy medicine for the rest of his life. So go to, sh go to the drugstore and get like whatever one of the big brands were and just give him that. And my wife went into sh like, we were in shock. Like, yeah. what do you mean? We're going to give him allergy medicine for the rest of his life. Yeah. And we on our own at that point just removed uh, gluten. This was like, so he's 15 now. So yeah, this was like eight, nine years ago when not everybody was talking about gluten at that time. Yeah. Like it maybe gluten seems like a big thing now, but yeah. back then few people were talking about, or at least we thought so. Um, we removed gluten from his diet. Uh, runny nose disappeared. Yeah. Like runny nose completely disappeared. Even today, if he has some gluten based food, he's much better. So I'm sure we've healed up his, his intestinal tract yeah. over the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Um, but even today, if he has like pizza two or three days in a row and eat some of that stuff, his no, he'll get all, it won't be runny anymore. He's kind of past it, but it'll all be, he'll be congested and stuff. So is that something that, you know, cause gluten kind of gets like this weird bad name, even though you, you, you believe in having a, a gluten kind of sensitivity or not. What do you think? Had just hearing what you heard from about my son, was that a gluten thing, a digestive tract thing? I think a gluten thing, right? And gluten is one of the ones that could, do that it's it's quite inflammatory um and pulling it out you can have big improvements like i had a, uh, a patient last week who had ex extreme cramping abdominal pain went for every scope ultrasound on the abdomen colonoscopy all these yeah, things sounds like that's what i forgot to tell you when i was going through my stuff they sent me for colonoscopy yeah which is fine and, disaster and, and we're, we're definitely not against anything like that i mean you know, we work with a lot of family doctors and working alongside a lot of other medical professionals and there's a time and place for all those types of things. And I think really yeah, you need urgent care. Yeah. You have an infection. Absolutely. You need a family doctor. Absolutely. You need hospitals. There's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. And you want to rule but out long the most term functional care. I just don't see it. Like, I know yeah. you're being nice right now, but like you need someone like you to kind of get the big, you yeah. need that diagnostic paper on yourself. You're not going to yeah. get it from our current medical system. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for us too, we see so many cases where that we've been able to help that have had every test and scope and they, and they think it's in their head because everything looks fine. Meanwhile, yeah. they feel terrible every day. So yeah. this guy had very severe abdominal cramping, pain in the abdomen, all these things, had all these scopes done, blood work done, everything looked fine. Um, we ran a blood test on him and he had, some of the scores were in the 150s for reactivities. He had eggs, um, gluten, dairy, were really elevated like in the 150s and the most the highest really we've seen is probably in the 160s okay so like when you say these numbers these are the scores on scores the on, on the test yeah, yeah. yeah so he had some really high ones so we pulled those out and then i saw him in two weeks zero pain anywhere no abdominal pain no cramping absolutely nothing 
No more heaviness in the gut. No more bloating. No more acid reflux. Was he in shock? He was in shock. Absolute shock. And he. But also, if you don't get that advice, you're going to take medicine. You're going to take some kind of allergy stuff. Like it's a disaster. And a lot of the foods he was taking in. That, that, that just freaks me out, though. Yeah. No, it does enough freak yeah. you out. Yeah, and and he uh, really didn't know what to do aside from you know what we were doing. He had a couple of friends that came in and was referred in, whatever. But now um, it's just like life changing for him, right? Life changing. So, so they were thinking, you know, maybe they're gonna have to do some exploratory something in the abdomen is going on. We don't know what it is. Um, they also went through a phase of saying, you know, maybe it's not as bad as you think, maybe you should rest, maybe you should, maybe less exercise or something that maybe you're irritating that area. Meanwhile, that 25 foot long intestinal tube there, um, he was having tons of inflammation and it's kind of like inflating a, an air hose. So you're getting all that bloating, compression, compression of organs, everything's pushing out, creating tons of pressure. Yeah, so relieving that pressure, everything kind of goes back to normal. Yeah, so we pulled the foods out that were really reactive for two weeks rebuilt that gut lining and now we're reintroducing those foods back in to see how they work for him and some of them will probably have restrictions on how often he can have them because okay. those reactions are massive i think that's like eggs for me i pulled them out and i i, I think i have to kind of i can eat them but not every not day sure. kind of thing yeah yeah and you'll kind of know like once you have everything reset the you way it should it. go yeah then you can get a true react true feeling when you're taking those foods in yeah, yeah you know yeah. you can tell really how how they're responding to you and and when we're talking about food reactivities we're talking about chronic delayed reactivities we're not talking about anaphylactic like if you have a peanut allergy or if you have yeah, sure. you know those types of things yeah. you'll know straight away because yeah, yeah. your airways will close but the problems we see that are more chronic are the delayed accumulation uh, reactivities which is a different immune system we have five immune systems so huh. when, when we're testing the blood test for food reactivities we're testing an IgG system which is chronic delayed onset reactivities and these ones accumulate over time so okay. and they also accumulate kind of like a garbage can so you're filling that can you may not notice the symptoms until it topples over and the symptoms may not always be digestive they may be bloating they may be reflux they may be uh, cramping or stomach pain it could be that it could also manifest as a fatigue joint pain you could be you know extremely tired after meals you could feel heavy lethargic you could um, feel irritable or anxious after that particular food. It can manifest in different ways because remember too, everything that's happening in your gut's happening in your brain. Yeah, got it. That's the other thing. We didn't really touch that, on that today, but no. that's a really important one to know too. So when things are going on there, you're also going to affect how you're thinking, how your mood is, what your focus is like, what your attention is I've like. noticed my brain fog. I used to get that every once in a while. I used to just attribute it to being tired yeah. or, you know, just kind of, you know, when you get, I don't know if everybody gets, does everyone get that? The kind of brain fogginess, but just it's kind of. Do you ever get that? I, I will get that. Yeah, okay. if I have. You a know really, what I'm talking yeah. about? Then you just kind of like you're know, like struggling to think a little bit. I don't know how to describe it. You know, just kind of like a brain fog. Yeah, but I don't really get that anymore. Yeah. So a lot of the inflammation that's happening in your body will create that fogginess in the brain. So it'll be less clear thinking, less focus. The other problem too is that circadian rhythm we talked about. So cortisol kicking on kicks your brain on. Right. So if you don't have that kicking in during the day and instead of that big um, kind of jump in cortisol, you have like a flat line, you're not really kicking on your brain. So you're going to be sort of uh, non-productive that way. What, like what percentage of your energy or, or of the calories you take are being used by your, your brain's using a whole yeah, chunk, right? It's using uh, a 70 to 80% of your uh, energy intake, like your food that yeah. goes in. So that's a good point too, because for a lot of the executives and entrepreneurs, you may not be training three times a day, like some of our pro athletes are, but you may be using your brain 24 hours a day. Mentally exhausted. Mentally burning up all your fuel. 
right? So you could be wearing your nervous system out through mental exhaustion. So we have some lawyers and some executives and CEOs of big companies that are, you know, strategizing steadily. Like they're driving, they're strategizing. They're watching TV. They're, you know, they're out for dinner and they're yeah, it thinking. Just never, and if you own your own business, it just yeah. never leaves your brain. Yeah, they're constantly, 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 constantly yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And and some of those guys too and, and women will wake up first thing in the morning and be, have a flood of ideas because all night their brain's totally. processing and they're writing things down for three hours first mm-hmm. thing in the morning, all the ideas they've had. So their brain really doesn't fully, fully go off. So, I mean, you're using up all those nutrients, but you're also really taxing that system in a way that um, you don't really realize. And so just on that brain note, I noticed that when I got rid of, okay, when I first had those stomach pains, one of the things when I first started eating better was drop bread. And I went through, you know how you hear about that, like kind of low carb flu or whatever, when you kind of get rid of that. I think I genuinely did have that. Like I went through this two week period where I was groggy and I felt like I was moving slow and then it cleared up and it's almost like my brain turned on. And then over the years I read about ketones and, you know, drinking the Bulletproof coffee and having the high concentrated coconut oil like the MCT or Dave Asprey's brain octane oil and stuff like that. And I do feel over the last few years, I'm definitely, you know, creating and burning ketones in my body. It's creating and burning the right terminology. Would I be creating them? Burning them. Um, You're using them. You'd be creating them. So your liver creates the ketones. Like it flips body fat into ketones and ketones are a really good brain fuel. Okay. And I was, and I know, I think I've changed because my, clarity and less brain fog since that period has been amazing like i just feel that i'm much better burning ketones than glucose as energy yeah two things one is you don't have less inflammation in your gut okay so you're not creating inflammation in your brain got it okay so it's not just the whole ketones thing that part plus the ketones you're mobilizing so even coconut oil you gave me some of that that great ketone that you have yeah we've been using some um uh, ketone like exogenous yeah, ketones that stuff's pretty good yeah so that's for like instant brain energy yeah so yeah. we just yeah we use that for one of um our business uh patients the other day actually she always has meetings in the evening how um, much of that stuff can you take sometimes i'm tempted to just to drink half a bottle yeah that powder yeah you, well the one we have i think three tablespoons is i know and i've been limiting myself based on your advice but sometimes i'm thinking like can i just take nine of these yeah yeah <laughs> So we use it for her in the evening if she has meetings and she's already done a full day and needs to be really focused and, and sharp for the meetings. She has them a few nights a week, so she uses a ketone exogenous mix, like a drink mix. She's liking it too. Yeah, really sharp for those meetings. But also the nice part about that is it doesn't wear out your adrenal system because it's just giving your brain energy so you can be sharper mentally. Is that like the mushroom stuff that I talked to you about? Yeah, yeah. the mushroom uh, mixes are good too. What do you have there? Yeah. The I li- have like the, what the is lion's it? Like mane. The re- lion's mane, yeah. chaga. That one, I don't have, re, no, Rishi I was taking at night. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's Lion's Mane I had this morning, actually. I make, I do that. I mix it in uh, coconut milk or almond milk. Lion's Mane kind Lion's of mane, with uh, coconut milk? Yeah. like As almond. your morning smoothie? Yeah. What else well, goes into uh, that? Like a, it's like a hot drink. Huh. So it'll be hot water, Lion's Mane, and then I'll mix either coconut uh, milk or almond milk in there. Okay. Um, so it just You're having Lion's Mane every morning? Not every morning, no. Huh. I, okay. I switch it up a lot. Yeah, so you follow your own advice? Yeah. <laughs> You're one of those 100%, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having a matcha tea right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So um, there are different ways of That matcha tea from Starbucks is okay. I'm yeah. always hesitant about the sugar in that thing. Yeah, there is uh, the new formula they have now is is not sugar. Like they don't add anything to it. Really? Yeah. Like this one is just the matcha powder with the uh the Oh, I thought milk. their matcha stuff at Starbucks was like a matcha syrup. No, that's um second cup has a syrup. Okay. So when you actually see the second cup drink, it's not green. Okay, when got you get it. it, it's more the of the like Starbucks a, one's a clear, clean matcha. 
Yeah, it's a powder. Huh. I yeah, didn't know yeah. that. But they used to do it with um I think it was a sugar they added used formula. To, yeah. I remember yeah. looking into it. So now they'll ask you if you want it sweetened or not. So they've separated that out for people. Oh, got it. So it's just a matcha powder. And you can make that at home too. But uh, the So point, what's the Starbucks drink? Sorry. This is a green tea latte. Green just tea with, latte. Um, with this is an almond milk. And one. the green tea latte is matcha. Matcha green tea. Matcha so, green tea. So matcha is like a high strength version of green tea. So it's like 20 times more potent than regular green tea with uh, more antioxidants. It's got a lot. It's like a super powered version. Um, so it's good for metabolism, good for energy. It has a little bit of caffeine to it, but it's not uh, It's not going to burn out your system. The point is that there's other options. Totally. Like people, are, I think, are stuck in the, the coffee. I'm tired of your coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and obviously. I'll, I still like that option. Yeah, it is a good option. <laughs> yeah, and I still also have coffee too as well. Yeah. And I'll use it in different scenarios. Um, but especially if you want to restore that, if you restore that cortisol rhythm first, then you can start using all kinds of things and have them for fun and get the extra boost from it. Instead of using um, the coffee to get yourself too normal, you can restore that normal and then optimize. And then optimize. That. Like for our athletes, for example, we use coffee as a pre-workout, but once we've restored that rhythm, that coffee is way more performance benefit than it was before. Before it was just getting them to training. Now it takes them totally. to I'd a whole new level. That. You right? told me to start doing that. I even do that. And I now that I don't have coffee every day when I do have it, and especially before a workout or something, it's fire. Yeah. And the coffee uh, sensitization period is 28 days. So if you do a coffee every day for 28 days, day 29 and beyond, you lose a lot of those benefits. So a lot of those uh, performance benefits, brain energy benefits, stimulation benefits you don't get. Um, but you're still blocking your relax system. So the way that coffee works is it blocks your rest and digest side of your nervous system. So it doesn't allow that to kick in. So you stay on stimulation side. So by beyond the 28 day mark, if you're using it every single day, then you're still going to get the block of the rest part, which could make you feel anxious or uh, have give you trouble sleeping. But then you don't get the boost side. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah. So... We're, we're ruining ourselves. Okay, yeah. so I just want to go back. I want some clarity just on that ketone comment you made. It's because when I switched over to, I think um, my liver was creating ketones from from fat, from fat. Yeah, I didn't get hung. Like now, I can go without eating a very long time and not feel hungry. Whereas before, I guess I was having the sugar crash or the glucose crash. Yeah. I felt like I needed. Uh, food what's happening there like why is it just because now my body can burn fat and create ketones as energy instead of needing glucose like why am i able to because my whole life before you know if i didn't eat and it was lunchtime i was crashing i needed to go eat a sub or something like that whereas now if i don't eat now i have good mental clarity and i don't have hunger pains like i'm not i'm i'm ready to go like yeah most people are chasing that blood sugar wave like you said so if you have blood sugar dysregulation, it means that you don't have good control over it. It goes up when you eat and then it drops way down after you eat, depending on the meal you've had or depending on how um, efficient your insulin. And insulin is the key one there because it keeps your blood sugar balanced. But if you're chasing, riding that wave all day, you're going to be energized, tired, want to eat something, energized, tired. You're just going to go up and down all day long. But the, using your ketones for energy, which I think you've tapped into. I don't know if you're still checking to see if you're in I'm that. not anymore. I was checking for a while yeah. and then I stopped. I had those little urine strips and then I had that thing I blew into, the catonics yeah. that kind of kind of told me. So if you're doing um, the proper ketogenic diet, you want to be blood testing that. Most people think they're doing ketogenic dieting. Um, yeah, I have aren't. no idea if I was or not. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. just think they're eating a lot of fat, so they, they are. They must but, be. But you yeah. have to be. The point is that if your body's burning its own body fat for fuel, 
and you're mobilizing ketones, then you're actually doing a ketogenic diet. If you're just eating a lot of fats, you may or may not be, which is why some people are like, oh, I'm even increased my fats, but I don't feel any different. You may not actually be in ketosis. So you really have to go through that process of changing your metabolic systems yeah. to be able to burn it. And it's hard to do too. You take some discipline to stay in that. It takes, you know, a couple of weeks, 10 to 14 days on average to really switch systems yeah. over. And then you have to maintain that, which is even I harder. think I switched and I stayed like that for like two years. I think, yeah, <laughs> I think, but I think. To my detriment. Like, I think I went too far. That's when I started getting the sore throat and the whole bit. But I think more the reason why you can stave off the eating now is because you have proper um, cortisol levels. You have okay. uh, you have almost perfect levels, cortisol and DHEA now. Yeah, you fixed my court. Remember that chart? We didn't yeah. talk about my results the next time. It came out beautiful. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So once those are restored, then you have cortisol's main job in the body. It's a stress hormone, but it also controls um, blood sugar regulation. That's one of its main jobs. So, which is why we get stressed and we want to go eat. So it impacts blood sugar. But now you have almost a perfect rhythm and perfect totals. So you're not chasing the sugar. Your cravings aren't like they were before. You're not putting your hand in the chocolate chips every day like before. And it's very often for our patients to not have those sugar cravings anymore once we've restored that. That's more likely the cause for you unless you're still unless you're still. So I was all proud that I was burning ketones. And really it's that you fix my cortisols. And you might. And and if you're taking coconut oil and you're using those things a lot, you are mobilizing a lot of ketones. Like just a tablespoon of coconut oil. Got it. But I'm not. You will get ketogenic state. You're not. In, you're probably not in that full state unless you're really making an effort to yeah, do okay. it. Okay. But taking sense. taking the exogenous ketones, like the drink mix of ketones, will kind of push you into that state yeah. a little quicker. So you're yeah. probably you're or like probably, the concentrated coconut oil, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So you're probably in and out of that state yeah, during yeah. the day. I would imagine. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, but yeah. I, but I don't think you're in it 24 hours a day right now. You probably were before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then do you think, so, so if that's the state in my, I'm in, am I burning my body fat in a proper way right now? Like is my, what is my liver doing right now? Is it creating ketones at all or Um, none? Am I burning glucose or ketones as energy? You're probably doing both right now. Both. Because um, you're taking carbs and you're also taking uh, fats that will mobilize it. Like you're okay. too, you're doing MCT okay, so I'm oil. Doing mix. Okay. You're doing you're doing ketone mix. You're also doing coconut oil. You're doing uh, things like that. That and will the only way it. to know it for sure is if I go the blood uh, blood testing route and check it every morning. And yeah, blood testing route, and you've got to be between a certain range on the blood because te- you want to see how many uh, ketones are in your blood. Yeah, got it. So we will check that with our patients in office. We'll see if you want you want to be between one and three on a blood test to see if you're in that zone. I didn't know you were doing that. You're keeping tests for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a spot we do that yeah, anytime. Okay. But that one's, but staying in that state's a little bit more challenging for people. We do have people that are doing that, but it's a little uh, Why are challenging. they doing that? Just because they believe that's proper for them? Yeah. They feel really good there. Okay. They feel better, uh, sharper. They're able to stay lean. They're able to control their body weight a little bit better there. Um, but like I said, we have people who are taking 50%, 60% carbs and are staying lean too. So, That's what shocked me when you uh-huh. started bringing carbs back in and then Dan at the gym at Radix there kind of reiterated what you were saying okay. and saying, yeah, you know, eat the carbs. Yeah. I think I went leaner. Like I got leaner. Well, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I think like when you told me to start eating carbs again, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what this guy's talking about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I listened to you and followed yeah. it. And I, 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 that's when my body fat, per- and then this fall through a, like a little bit of a competition going on at Radix, the gym we go to. Um, I went through this 12 week thing and Dan was also kind of just prescribing exactly the, you yeah. know, the carbs to take. 
and my body I got my body fat percentage down I think the final test was like 9.9% or in the 9 yeah, range amazing and for me at like 45 years old I'm like wow okay that's pretty cool I didn't know I could do that yeah. um yeah I think I'm pretty sure I got leaner yeah because you're taking the stress off your body too so a lot of that activity are you burning up uh, glucose stores in the muscle, especially with the explosive activity that you're doing, like the CrossFit competitions. Um, if you prime your body and you're putting in carbs, that turns into glucose and you store it in your muscle. So if you have to do a quick explosive movement, um, having that in your muscles is, is more yeah. optimal. Okay, as opposed to having to get it from fat, process it through the liver, and then get it into my system. Yeah. The Basically, the glucose is right in my muscle, yeah. ready to fire. Ready to fire. And based on, you know, based on the research, it shows that people who are more tuned to uh, using their body fat as fuel, it's a little bit more suited to endurance training. So marathon training, long distance training, seems to be a yeah, little bit okay, more effective. Yeah, you don't need that explosive muscle. But the explosive muscle, like... MMA, football, hockey, CrossFit, things like that. You need a little bit more of that uh, glucose in the muscles so you can fire that. Got it. And is there an optimal range that you could say for guys, body fat wise, that we should all be in? I mean, guys, and, and the reason I'm saying guys because guys and girls is different. No, ten to fifteen for guys is is, that, is yeah, optimal. That's I, right. I mean, that's okay. that's the best. It's it's the optimal, but it's very difficult to get down there and stay there. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm staying. I didn't stay. At, I think if I had to guess right now, I'm probably like twelve to fourteen. Yeah, kind of range. I mean, that's pretty pretty perfect right there. Yeah. But if you're going below ten, it starts to be too much of a tax on the body. So for even for our female athletes, if they go too low in body fat percentage, What's too low for them roughly. So they're um, about fifteen percent is is low. Okay. And for competition, like we have a lot of wrestlers and boxers and even uh, UFC female fighters, we'll, they'll get down below 10 just they for will. competition. Wow. But then we'll put it back up so they're staying a little bit higher. Some of them are training so hard that they go uh, even lower through fight camp, through through an really? eight-week training oh, I camp. I have no idea. They we'll can... have to keep it higher. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're helping them keep it higher. Yeah. Keep it higher. Yeah. But the problem is- Because their hormone, hormone systems aren't going to work properly. Yeah. So when you go too low for females, it's too much of a stress. You turn off your menstrual cycle, yeah, got which it. is why you see a lot of the um, gymnast, uh, gymnastic athletes and the, and the gymnasts uh, in the Olympics, um, they won't have a menstrual cycle Yeah, got for it. years. Got it. They're not eating enough food. Can they do that for years hard. and then fix themselves and, or it's um, just, they're kind of ruined themselves a little too much. You can, you can, you know, stimulate things depending on how, how extreme you've gone with it, but it's a really hard stress on the body. Right. Um, we see yeah, that with it. some of the fitness models too, like just starving themselves and not eating and training harder and less calories, more training is typically like the old school mentality. Uh, and you have no support for your body. So when you're done the competitions or you're, you know, you, you basically uh, rebound and all that goes to body fat and you feel horrible. You've burnt out your hormones. Your menstrual cycle is all over the place. Um, it really affects mood, really affects performance. And then you're trying to reset that. So we've, yeah, we've helped it. people with that too. Um, but I mean, the old answer, I think, for most of the athletes is uh, eat less and train more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which isn't yeah. always yeah, not the case. Not okay. always the answer, right? Okay, and what about j- just like what's general advice for someone listening to this who just wants to make an overall change to improve their, you know, performance in life? Is there something that you could give as a generic answer, or because we're all so unique, it's just impossible? Like, is well, it is it just you know, hey, look, get rid of some of the grains you're eating, eat a bit more fats than you're probably eating. And you're going to likely feel better. Is there, is there any kind of generic stuff that would apply to all of us? I think I'm th- just thinking someone listening to this that yeah. like wants to do something t- today. Yeah, I think those things are good. Definitely people. And I think it's still going around now because we'll still have patients who are scared to eat 
uh, fats and not want to take yeah, any in. Really, keep I, in mind too that you know I've smuggled butter over the Canadian border. Have, yeah. I, told you, have I told you this? <laughs> no. Yeah, Sorry. when you couldn't get grass-fed butter in Canada, I didn't quite smuggle it. I declared it, but I had two cases of grass-fed butter from That's Wegmans and Niagara yeah. Falls, and I had declared it. And two cases. Can, two cases, and Canada has a three hundred percent tax yeah. on butter. So when I went in and they calculated the tax, I owed it was. It was $500 in tax. So I drove back to Wegmans and gave it back. And then just me and my son, I brought the like allotment that you could bring in. That's hilarious. Um, Anyway. Butter smuggler. Butter, total butter smuggler. Yeah. So eating, taking more fats is a good start because then those fats, your body makes hormones out of those fats. Most people don't know, like people are so scared of cholesterol and it's been given such a bad name, but cholesterol makes all your sex hormones, your adrenal hormones, your cortisol, uh, even helps with vitamin D production. Like a lot of those things are made from those. So if you go to zero, um, doesn't that frustrate you that we've been all told cholesterol is bad, but you kind of need it. You need it. And it's also, um, every single cell in your body has a cholesterol in this, in the wall of it. Right. So it's based, you know, it's everywhere. Right. So that's an easy one. I think the circadian rhythm stuff is huge. I think some okay. easy things people can do to kind of get their body uh, reset and retuned. Um, simply first morning sunlight is a huge one. So when you want to reset that cortisol, melatonin, sleep so hormone rhythm, go outside into the sun. It's hard now, now. with this yeah, weather, yeah, yeah. but definitely in the spring, summer, you can also, um, they also have those seasonal lights, the uh, seasonal, Are they, those any good? sad lights. They, they produce enough light that mimics like outdoor light. The point is that, um, without triggering your eyes to know that it's light out, okay. you're not t- giving your body the right signal. So you're not going to get the proper stimulation of your adrenal glands to pump out the cortisol first thing in the morning. So your brain's not kicking on, your body's not kicking okay. on. So by using some of those lights, you can kind of yeah, kind of trick it to kick on. Yeah, the lights or some of our patients in the spring and summer will have them go outside and have their breakfast, like walk out 10, 15 minutes out back, get some of that direct sunlight, go with the walk, uh, go for around the, around the block with your dog, go for a walk, okay. get that. I bought going. those glasses at some conference where they put light right there, like sunglasses. The blockers? No, no, oh. they're glasses that have lights on them that are not the blue light, they're the right light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shines it right into your eyes. Yeah. Have you seen these things? Yeah, yeah. I have never used them. I bought them and put them on a shelf somewhere. Yeah. So but, that you could use in the fall, winter as well, because it'll it'll create okay. the same. Someone else idea. was selling the same thing with lights going in through your ears, saying okay. there's light receptors in your brain. And I don't know how that would work, but on the side of your ears. Have you heard of this? I'm going to bring you, I, I have a, ears, I have yeah. a whole bunch of product type questions. I'm going to, next time we chat, <laughs> okay, okay. when we come back, by the way, Nick, you know how I'm wearing the whoop band right yeah. now? Um, so if, if you're not familiar with this whoop band, it tracks your HRV, gives yes. you a recovery score in the morning. Um, and Nick got me the, the ring that's a version two, it's called an aura ring. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. kind of yeah. wear and tracks this stuff. So next time you come back, I have a bunch of questions okay, to you cool. about that kind of stuff. Yeah. The but, HRV stuff is interesting. It's almost like doing a, a four point saliva test like daily. Cause you see how taxed your nervous system is. So all of our athletes, uh, are tracking HRV. Some kind of thing. Cause it shows it was hard you, to get HRV until recently. Like you have to wear yeah. the chest monitors yeah, and that finger kind of stuff. And yeah. things like that. So that one's an easy one. Yeah, the ring one's an easy one too. Um, but keep in mind, ninety percent of your processes are based on circadian rhythm. Okay, so come so back to can, circadian. If rhythm. If you can get your circadian rhythm going that. the way you want it to go, so first morning sunlight, and then in the evening, getting rid of all the blue light. So either way, how long I, before bed? So at least a couple of hours, because you don't want to give your brain the signal that it should be awake. The brain doesn't know. We're, we we got to teach. It's a very mm-hmm. simple. We got to teach it, right? So if I'm watching my Toronto Maple Leafs on a laptop, 
reading some article about them, that's bad right before bed. But you can use different apps on the computer that will change that to a different light. I know. You know what the weird part is with me? I'm colorblind. I don't know if I told you this. No, I'm learning a lot today. Yeah, I'm colorblind. (laughs) And when I use those apps, it freaks me out so much that I, I can't distinguish between the colors very well on the screen. I'm like... Uh, I went to med camp. Oh, there's another thing I did yeah. during that, you know, um, thank, thank, thank God I found you. I swear, yeah. because I did all these crazy things when I was having those pains. Yeah. I gave up on our medical system and I went to downtown Toronto to yeah. MedCan and I paid a, a huge amount of money. I forget how much it was to get a private medical done yeah. on me where they ran all the blood work and stuff. Yeah. Um, and one of the tests they did on that standard kind of taken was um, this colorblind test where they had six little circles up on the wall with patterns in the middle. It was like all different colors dot of dots in these big circles. And you had to kind of determine the pattern in the circle. And it was the first one was the easiest and the last one was the hardest. And it was to determine if you're colorblind or not. I could see the little pattern in the first circle of dots. Like I could make out there was like the letter F hidden in this like pattern of dots. On the second one, I couldn't see anything anymore. And the lady administering the test, she's, she's like, you are 100% colorblind. But I see wow. all colors. It's just that if you put like red and green close to each other or like a burgundy and red close to each other, I get lost. I can't distinguish between the two. Okay. So when I used to work in the, I used to work at Eaton's department store. Um, and uh, when someone would say, hey, can you get me like the burgundy sweater over there? And if it was next to like a red sweater, I, I just couldn't tell. Or Christmas lights sometimes, if a red and a green are right close to each other, they all blur together. It's the weirdest thing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah so, so, so maybe that's not a good... So yeah, that thing for me. But anyway, you got it blue blob. But at, you least, gotta... at least when you're sleeping, if you had like a sleep mask or something, because even in your room, like a lot of the blinking lights and a lot of the modern houses will have different monitors and different things blinking. And, so and a that. tiny little light like that. So yep. your alarm clock next to you. Yeah, so it'll, it'll trigger that. It'll give you that, uh, your brain should be on signal. Right. So the best way so is that's preventing me from getting deep sleep. Yeah. So sleep mask will because it's telling your brain to be awake and you want it to be asleep. Right. So simple things to do is get rid of the blue light at night. You could, on the iPhone now, it has an automatic setting. Yeah. yeah, I see that. The computer you can have. There's an app called Lux. That's right. Yeah, also, Nick uses it. Yeah. There's also glasses like blue blocker glasses. Yeah. You can get different at things. At this like uh, marketing conference I was at, tons of people were wearing those glasses now. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can get that circadian rhythm reset for yourself and get things producing hormones, like hormone production is based off that 90% of the way your body works is based off that rhythm. Right. And also getting back to the ear thing you said, um, most latest research shows that your gut and your liver have light sensors in them as well. So they're inside of us, but they also can determine if it's light or dark out. Crazy. Which is why you want to be having breakfast uh you know in the morning when the sun's up because your digestive tract is turned on the factory's on and your liver's on to heart to metabolize right this is another thing you taught me i want to share with everyone yeah. the biggest tip you gave me might have been the simplest yeah about three months ago yeah you t- i can't believe we haven't mentioned this yeah. yet about three months ago you t- you you said tom what time in the morning do you eat uh breakfast and uh i said seven forty-five, and you said do me a favor stop eating any foods after 7.45 p.m. to give your body a 12-hour window to basically digest and sleep properly. And the reason that you gave me the advice is I was complaining based on my HRV data that I was analyzing that in the mornings, I wasn't getting good recovery. I wasn't getting a good amount of deep sleep and I wasn't feeling refreshed in the morning as, as refreshed all the time. Like most of the time I was, but not all the time. You made that simple change for me And within, I want to say a day or two days, 
my recoveries in the morning as as you know as monitored by data not just me guessing yeah. went through the roof yeah. and i could hit busy days uh, here at rockstar and busy days at the gym like lifting heavy weights and stuff yeah. and my recovery would be awesome and that's maintained yeah. for 3 months now and so before, just a simple 12 hour window that's not yeah. even difficult to do yeah it's an easy one to start with and before that you were you're still getting 8 hours of sleep but you just weren't I getting was, recovery i wasn't getting recovery yeah. cuz i was eating i was having like a protein shake late at night or if i was yeah. coming back from my kids soccer practice i was eating maybe a bit of a steak and some salad late at night and it's like my body you were explaining to me that my body's digesting or we yeah. just it hadn't processed the food. Yeah. So when the sun goes down, those organs get the signal to then turn off and they go through like, it's almost like a factory closes and the maintenance crew comes in to clean everything up and repair all the stuff and fix it all and get it primed for the next day. Right. But most of us are up eating in the, in the evening and backlogging all that stuff. So it can't get the repair. So stopping eating somewhere in that 12 hour range, it's supposed to be when the sun goes down, but here it's too early to be like five o'clock in the winter. Right. So somewhere close to that. The other reason why that's helpful for recovery is not having food in your system past that time when the factory's closed allows your core body temperature to start to drop and prepare you for deep sleep. If you're putting food in at, at 1130 or whatever, you're trying to go to bed at midnight, you're, so, you're going to be raising the internal temperature and your body needs to be cooler for sleep. That's another easy one too at nighttime. Cool your room for sleep. Sleep mask and cool your room for sleep. First simple morning tip. sunlight. Those are really easy ones to implement and they're, they're simple to do. Um, if I stopped eating an hour before instead of 7.45, 6.45 yeah. or 5.45, am I going to get another massive improvement or do you think the biggest one has been achieved? Like, is it worth it for me to push that eating window from 7.45 a.m. and cutting it off at like 5? Um, you might get a little more benefit, okay. but the, the, the but big you, amount's been, yeah, achieved. but you also want to like, you know, you also want to have balance too. Like you don't want to be trying to, you know, run around trying to eat all okay. your stuff. Before I'm five. anal. Remember I have, I'm pretty sure I have OCD. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You and tell me to do something. I'm going to try it for two years. Yeah. We're, and we're pretty realistic. Like we, like we don't want to do anything that's going to take away your quality of life and make you hate everything. Yeah, okay. But, but if you stay somewhere in that zone, like, well, like that's why it's so catered to you. Like your 745 to 745 is good. We have some people on 830 to 830 yeah, or 8 to 8 or whatever. But that 12 hour fast window, you also get um, hormone repair, metabolism repair, drops in inflammation. So that, that it's letting, it's giving my body time to do its thing. Yeah. So the eating window is important, but then the fasting window is important too. And we're doing a lot of different fasting types of protocols in our clinic now too, because um, that's been shown to be one of the most uh powerful regeneration tools. I think I talked to you and, and Mike and maybe Nick about it too, but um, there's been some studies showing that prolonged fasting, you can you can boost your body's production of stem cells. Yeah, you did mention stem it. Stem cells help to repair tissues and, and damage tissues. So um, we're yeah, looking at- Yeah, there's more to talk to you about because I'm definitely going to want some stem cells at some point. So I can't <laughs> wait till you're starting. Like, I can yeah. show up and you can just inject me with some yeah. stem, stem yeah. cells in my yeah. shoulder or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. Put them in the IV. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. we do a lot of um, IV therapy yeah, too. Yeah. I think you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, give me the deal because uh, tell me why you do IV therapy. So IV therapy, you get 100% absorption of nutrients. So we have different formulas we'll use, whether it's for recovery or immune boosting or for metabolism or for whatever it is. But we can put B vitamins, vitamin C, zinc, amino acids, um, a whole number of nutrients we can uh, put in there. We make them from scratch and combine them for each 
specific reason. But the point is you get 100% absorption. Because I'm not going through the digestive tract, yeah. going straight into the bloodstream. So nothing's being lost through that process. That's right. So we can see changes really quickly. So if we're trying to get recovery or immune boost or a lot of our uh, patients who are on the go and really busy and really stressed, when you're stressed, your body dumps nutrients. It'll dump magnesium and dump zinc. And those are really important for keeping your body calm and keeping your muscles uh, recovering and immune system boosted. So um, a lot of those people will be coming every you know two weeks, every three weeks. And we'll do a 40, 30 to 45 minute IV drip um, with specific nutrients. So you'll determine that, that for someone based on their intake form, talking about yeah. their performance. Okay. Yeah, we'll set up a specific uh, thing. Like for our athletes, we, uh, they're coming, you know, usually every, at the end of the week, they'll come. So they'll train so hard all week long, usually two sessions a day, six days a week. They'll come at the end of that. We'll repair, replenish. They'll have their rest day. Then they can train it hard again the next week. It's made a huge difference for a lot of our uh, our athletes, but even the executives and entrepreneurs too, because you're just burning the candle at both ends. Totally, your body needs some yeah. restoration at some point. I think all of us are just burning the candle at both ends. It's super common, right? Yeah. And, and this is why I think the work we're doing is so important, and why we're so excited about it, because we can really help so many people. And, are you uh, ever going to be able to do through your clinic stem cell stuff that's being done in like Mexico and Panama right now, like injections? Where, yeah, injections, or is that like just well beyond what you would ever be able to do here in Canada? I'm not sure what would the happen with that. Probably yeah, regular. like we have special IV licenses that we have, and okay, um, to be able to compound, we have a pharmaceutical license as well. All, okay. all four of us on staff do, so we can do like bioidentical hormones. Okay, um, I'm not sure what will happen with stem cells. Okay. It seems promising though. What are bioidentical hormones? Um, like estrogen, progesterone, um, that we can use to help, uh, you know, usually menopausal, premenopausal, huh. uh, women just to rebalance those female hormones. Okay. They're the same hormones your body would produce. Okay. Um, very safe way of doing it. Um, and we all, we do that obviously based on lab testing. How do people get all this information without talking to you? It's in bits and pieces and books here and there. No. Well, uh, it's hard. It's all over. Go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're really, we're really passionate about what we do. So we're, you know, every time you talk to me, I'm sure I have a new little thing for you, Yeah, you, but, you do. but we're, um, you know, really heavily researching a lot of things and advancements and we want to give our people the best information and tools and techniques. Uh, we're putting a book out pretty soon. Yeah. So we'll definitely have you on when you have the book out. We're going to have you on again about other yeah. stuff anyway. So we'll definitely have you on about the book. Yeah, for the, sure. the book, um, we put out stuff. We have a, a newsletter too, uh, like a, a Phenom Insider, we call it. So if we come across some relevant info and the whole point is we want to give people info they can actually use. Like a lot of the stuff is great uh, scientifically. But if you can't apply it to no, your day, if it doesn't yeah, fit yeah. to your day, and, it, and you know we're very practical that way. So, um, like for example, I would say I'm not a big Instagram guy, but whenever I do go on and see your post, just on Instagram, the stuff yeah. you're follow, you're you're sharing. So we'll give out that uh, soon. But uh, but go on. Sorry, I um, was going to say. Oh yeah. So you'll have so you're doing a 12 hour eating window right now. So you'll probably get a little bit better. Um, improvements beyond that, even if you did like an eight hour window or a 10 hour window or whatever it is, but that's not suitable for most people. So we won't even sort of, we kind of meet you where you're at. So for you, you might be able to experiment with that. Um, but a lot of people, I mean, you'll the 12 adjust. hour, you'll get a ton of benefits. You'll feel way better. You have better longevity. There's you know, a lot of good evidence for that. So, um, it really is kind of matching people yeah, got know, where they're at. I can't believe the 12 hour window, how great that's been for me. Yeah. Huge, like astronomically huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I do that too, and I notice a big difference for me too, just feeling more alert in the morning. I can because we have the same gene. We have the same gene where you don't shut off on eating, right? Yeah, yeah. You have the same yeah, one where you'll yeah. just eat. 
yeah, I have the same thing, yeah. right? And that happens to me. Often. Okay, one so last I gotta thing on the, eat, on, on the eating window. That's you gave me some advice along the lines of saying carb in the morning is okay because that's when you're most insulin sensitive, something like that. So then you might as well have your carb in the morning because I was under this impression you should have carb before you go to sleep because. I thought I'd, I was just giving my body a treat and letting it kind of heal up and carb cycling my, I don't know what I was, what book I had read at the time that had convinced me to eat carb at night, but I've switched in the last six months. I think it was between you and, and Dan telling me yeah. stuff uh, and I've had it in the morning. I just kind of had some oatmeal that I make in the morning, a little bit of maple syrup on there, sometimes some berries if I'm not having maple syrup and it's been really good. Yeah. Like if you have a tendency to get burnt out and you're really burning the candle on both ends, then that period of time in the morning when you're the most insulin sensitive which means that your body can take the glucose it's put so if you eat carbs it turns into blood sugar and insulin's job is to put that blood sugar in your cells so it works the best in the morning so you're able to process that and pull it into your cells to be able to use versus store as body fat so in the morning you can do that better um if you're really pushing yourself physically, training hard, mentally burning all your uh, carbs off that way, then you could also replenish some in the evening um, at your dinner. You could put some in there, but technically we're the least, sensi- least insulin sensitive at night and the most in the morning. Okay. So it makes so sense if you're- most bang for your buck in the morning. Yeah, you're gonna be able to utilize that versus store it as body fat more so in the morning. Um, but if you need a little extra replenishment at night, then uh, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. for doing all this. You're so welcome. your website, um, what's the best website for people to check? You're in Burlington, Ontario. Yep. Um, I know a whole bunch of Rockstar members come to see you and we're grateful for it. If someone's listening to this so, and something else I just want to uh, mention, you're not for just elite athletes or entrepreneurs and high level executives. Yeah, we know a everyone under the sun has been benefiting from seeing you so if we've given that impression now that's not the case you're you're taking ever yeah we have a huge like the bulk of our patients are general population are you able to take new patients right now yeah i would say oh yeah your team's expanded right yeah we have four um doctors on staff with us and we've expanded our hours just to be able to help more people but um yeah i would say overall we probably have 25 percent of our our base of people is is pro athletes Outside of that, we have 75% of the general population okay. and people that just want to feel better and start functioning better. Okay. And uh, I know some of the names of some of the NHL players that you have helped okay. and some of them are on teams that I don't like. So <laughs> I'd like, I'd like, I'd like you to stop helping them. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that. Cut, offline. cut ties or yeah. give them the bad, yeah. Yeah, bad yeah, sabotage. <laughs> I really want you to sabotage. Yeah. But uh, okay. So yeah, you'll help everyone. Yeah, yeah. So we really are our main focus from when we started our clinic. We started out working with athletes, but really um, there's such a need. And we're really excited about helping people that are in that gray area. So you have normal blood work. You have, you know, everything looks fine when you go for your regular checkups, but your energy's low, can't get rid of the body fat. You have digestive issues. You feel bloated. You're having, uh, yeah, you know, which is like kind of, 90% of the population. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a huge area of, of people we help with those issues. And we, we have a really sort of, uh, systematic method we've put in place over the years and pulled from a lot of the best different that's avenues. something i really like about you because when we talk about you here at rockstar with all of our different uh stuff we've done you give us data so like when i saw my cortisol levels before and after there's no argument yeah. i can see my cortisol levels throughout the day with the tests that you've helped me do yeah. and the same results afterwards yeah. and i love that yeah. as opposed to kind of guessing like yeah. i can see for a fact that my body has made a change. Like I can feel it as well, but it's nice to see the data. Yeah. 
you know? and that's what we like too. That's why we're objective. It's not me telling you this is what's going on. It's it's let's look at the numbers. Let's see what's going on. Let's make adjustments. And we have protocols based off any sort of uh, result we can see coming back. And then we'll go and target those specific things with, with a couple key changes. And then we'll retest and look and you can see for yourself. You know, you yeah. can see how you feel and you can also see on, on the lab It's report. cool that you guys have worked on this and you're streamlining the whole process too because it's been a few years you've been in practice yeah. now, right? How, yeah. how long? This is uh, our my sixth year in yeah. practice, but yeah. we've been working on this from day one, like putting this together and isolating the best tests to run for specific reasons. And then uh, that's where kind of where the art comes in and that's where we have fun with it. A lot of it cool. is science-based, but then the art-based is, okay, here's Tom, here's his issues. Where do we start? And what do we want to look at? We have, an, we have, he could benefit from five different tests. Which one is going to give us the most improvement based on what he wants to improve and what we want to see him improve? And then what we like the, the most too is we always ask, you know, where do you, where do you want to get to? Some people don't know. Some people have specific goals. And then we just focus on getting you to that point. Like cool. I think your brother was lifting I more weight, four hundred pounds of squat <laughs> yeah, just or something. Generally and, lifting more. Yeah, and then yeah. Dan from yeah. Radix comes to yeah, our yeah. clinic as well, and we, he's had some specific goals. And obviously, so. uh, each person has some different aims that we want to work on. But that's kind of the fun part for us is you know getting you to reach yeah, that cr- thing that you didn't you know you could get to. Yeah. Cool. You know? Cool. So thank you for everything yeah, you've been done you. for me personally. And I'm just excited that we're getting this message out there. Um, best website to go to, best contact information. What's our, what web- our website is phenomhpm.com. So, so it's phenom high performance. It stands for phenom high performance medicine. Yeah. And sorry, go ahead. Phenomhpm.com is, is the one. And then on there we have, uh, you can sign up for our insider, which we put out the latest research and latest things that you can do. That's very practical like we don't there's no fluff or filler it's like here's three or four things that you can start doing or, th- or things that you should know about um that can help improve you and then um on instagram too i try to put out some really good content every once in a while if i think there's and what's stuff the instagram handle for it is uh, phenom underscore doc that's my uh, personal okay. one so, and so phenom is p-h-e-n-o-m that's right h-p-m.com yeah so p-h-e-o-e-n-o-m <laughs> Did I mess that up? P H E N O M. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> PhenomHPM.com. Yeah. And then my Instagram is Phenom underscore doc. Yeah. And the Instagram stuff you put out is high low. Like you're okay, sharing good, your morning. Good. The reason that I find it interesting is you're sharing exactly morning smoothies, what you're eating, yeah. what you could have as a snack to give yourself energy. Like it's yeah. a lot of ongoing tips. I, I don't, that takes a lot of time. So I, I value what you're putting out there. Yeah. We try to, put, you know, obviously we practice what we preach, the things that we have our patients do. We run all the tests on ourselves. Uh, my wife's a naturopathic doctor in our clinic as well, and we have the same training. So she'll write treatment plans for me to follow along, and we'll test different things. And so, I mean, we, we cool. kind so of if you're cheating on your plan. Your wife knows. She knows, yeah. yeah so, yeah. which is probably terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the cool thing is that uh, when we come across new info, we really want people to know about it, and and not things that are wishy-washy. Things that are like here's some stuff that has some good evidence and. Uh, things that you can really apply to your life that aren't uh, ridiculously difficult. Cool. <laughs> so phenomhpm.com or phenom underscore doc on Instagram. Yeah. Dr. Cowan, thank you so yes. much for doing this. We're going to do this again. Okay, definitely. Cool. Thank awesome. You. It was fun. 
Hey, it's Tom Carrazzo. So hopefully you enjoyed that. You know, if you have any feedback about this type of episode, please feel free to send it into podcast at rockstarinnercircle.com. Um, if you can give us a review on the iTunes store, it'd mean the world to us. Um, we are getting those and we're really kind of fortunate. We feel fortunate and grateful for that. So if you haven't done that yet, um, you can do that on the iTunes store if you're listening on iTunes. Um, and remember, if you want any information about real estate stuff, the best website to go to from us would be rockstarinnercircle.com. You can find a whole bunch of articles and videos and book downloads and different reports and resources on that website. It's probably 10 years worth of content that we put all, all together on that website. So there you go. Until next time, your life, your terms.